Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. I want to hear cannons. Snap to Brady. Brady looking, Brady looking. He may run. Brady has got a hurdle. He's got a first down inside the 25, and he slides at the 22. He got him. He's fired up. Tom Brady runs for a first down. Here's the snap. Brady hands the ball off, running to the left. His Fournette inside the 25. Stiff arm to the 20. On his feet to the 15, 10. 5, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Leonard Fournette. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, is that the dagger? I hope so with 20 seconds left. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me in person this week. My good buddy and co-host returning from suspension. A lot of people have been asking us where you've been. What's going on with that? I don't know if we can get into the details of that today. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish is here as we celebrate 300 episodes of this little show we call the Cannon Fire Podcast. James Hill of BucksNation.com is also here as we ring in this momentous occasion. And we also preview the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Week 10 matchup with the Seattle Seahawks in Munich, Germany. The first time an NFL game has been played there. So a lot of history this week, if you will. Boys, how you doing? I'm doing well. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be unsuspended. Uh, I served my suspension. I tried to, I didn't even try to appeal it, honestly. I, I What I did was, we won't talk about it. We're, we're not going to speak about it. Um, yeah, I'm doing well, though. Uh, happy to, to be back. Uh, but, yeah, we had a lot of great content while I was gone. Derek Fournier, what the buck was on. And that was a great show. So, um, yeah, now we're here with, you know, obviously you and James trying not to get sunburnt. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, happy to be previewing this game after a much-needed Bucks win. I wasn't able to talk about it at all, but a much-needed win for this team last week. Yeah, you were there in person inside Raymond James Stadium. So, I, I got to ask, uh, what was that atmosphere like? You know, I mean, I know a lot of people left the game early, which may may have cut down on the crowd noise at the very end of the game but it's been a minute since we have seen some some Tom Brady magic inside Raymond James yeah it was um a lot of people they stuck in until the end until that fourth and goal uh once the bucks didn't get that fourth and goal there with about what, a minute 45 left or so a lot of people ended up leaving um it, it was a crazy atmosphere though really the the final I'd say five minutes of the game a lot of the game was quiet um, but you know, the, the final five minutes or so of the game was uh, pretty electric and, uh, you know, fantastic finish that uh, was very stressful and uh, very surprising, you know, that they were able to pull that off in just that short amount of time uh, and be able to get the win that they needed so desperately there. 
Yeah, here we are this week with the Buccaneers in Germany sitting at four and five. James, I want to get your take as we open up this show. Uh, you know, the major thing coming into this week is can the Bucs continue their turnaround? Because, you know, we talk about that game against the Rams. Uh, it wasn't that high of a final score. It wasn't an offensive explosion by by either team. And, you know, those were two struggling offenses going into that game, looking for more answers. And we saw some late game heroics by Tom Brady, which lets you know he's still got plenty of gas left in the tank. But I, I don't know if we I don't know how many answers we got question or uh, questions we had got answered on the offensive side of the ball. So so, James, with the Bucks at four and five, uh, what is your take with this team, especially the offense in particular coming off of last week's game? Because it was a slog for three and a half quarters until they finally pulled it out when they needed to. Yeah, you know, I think with, you know, we when we talked about this after the Rams game where, you know, look, it was a win, but it was just the Bucks a situation where the Bucks were just a little bit less worse on offense than the Rams. They still weren't necessarily lighting the world on fire or anything on offense. So I think whenever you look at this team and you talk about a turnaround and potentially winning this game in Germany against the Seahawks, you still have to question this offense and, and what's going on with it in terms of efficiency and play calling and all these other different types of things that have still been issues just because they beat the Rams, you know, does not mean that those issues are just not there anymore. In fact, they're still very, very present. And that is kind of the biggest takeaway from the Rams game was, yes, they won, but there's still some issues here. And we're going to have to just continue to wait and see as you know, fans have been doing throughout the entire season so far to see if they can finally fix those issues on offense that they've been having, especially in the red zone. Yeah. And listen, uh, the fact of the matter is we're not the only people who have been critical on the offense thus far this year. Byron Leftwich has been in the hot seat with most fans for most of the season at this point. But uh, Bucks quarterback Tom Brady was on the Let's Go podcast this week. And, you know, I, I won't say that he's ever been one to mince words, but I mean, he, he called this team out. Fair, fair and simple. Um, he had mentioned that the lack of effort is probably one of the more embarrassing things on this Bucks team in 2022. And to be honest with you guys, we've talked a lot about this, you know, with the loss to Carolina, with the loss to Pittsburgh, you know, effort was a, a real conversation that was had. And, and now that a lot of people can feel more secure in thinking, you know, oh, I'm definitely not the only one that sees it. We talk about the Buccaneers continuing their turnaround this week. The Seahawks are an incredibly well-coached team. They sit there with a 6-3 and three record with Geno Smith at quarterback, and I think Pete Carroll has a hell of a lot to do with that. So, you know, we look at the challenge that is Seattle, but if this Bucs team plays up to the level we know that they can, they can totally beat the Seahawks team, even though they're at 6-3. and three. And, like, I maybe I'm a little overconfident in feeling that way. Like, maybe the joke's on me this week where – you know, I think we can learn to put a little more effort in and carry some of this offensive momentum because I, I think hopefully, I know I'm not the only person that feels this way, but I think a lot of people hope that at the end of the year, we can look at that game-winning drive against the Rams as, you know, kind of a turning point in the season for Tampa Bay. Me and James were talking about it on the ride up here. When you talk about the 2020 Super Bowl team, a lot of people look at that turnaround point as halftime, against the Falcons in Atlanta when they're getting beat by multiple possessions to a team that they should be playing better. That's when everybody kind of got their head out of their ass and started playing the Bucks football that we, we know and love, and they didn't lose a game after that. So I hope the effort kicks in this week, but I, I mean, 
I don't know. What do you think has to go right? Because Tom Brady being critical of your team, I, I didn't think that was the point we'd have to reach before, you know, some people started to realize maybe they need to put it together. Well, the crazy thing is this is the first year they've beaten the Saints and the Rams. And uh, it's they're still a losing record. It, it's crazy how that's going. Because if you would have said before the year, oh, they're going to beat the Saints in their first matchup in New Orleans, and then they're going to beat the Rams again, two teams that have really been a thorn in, in their side. But they're still going to have a losing record. I would have said, like, what are you talking about, you know? Uh, and, and you're right about the, the effort. And when you look at effort, you do look at those two games, the Pittsburgh and the Carolina game, playing down the competition, playing down the opponent – those are two critical games now. You win both of those games, you're completely looking at this entire season differently so far. I uh, mean, if you win one of those one games, of them, you yeah, go into this yeah, game yeah. with a positive record and not everybody yeah. feels like the world is ending, you know? Yeah, and, and it's you know it, it's unfortunate, but you know they've gotten themselves in this situation, so now it's on them to get themselves out of it. Nobody's going to you know sit there and wave their wand and, oh, that Pittsburgh game suddenly a win. You know, it, nobody's going to do that. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to have to... It's not going to be easy. They play a lot of good teams on their schedule. We knew what the schedule was heading in. Is Seattle a surprise team? Yeah. You, you kind of looked at this game when the schedule first came out and was like, oh, you know, Seattle might be able to. That might be a 10-point win, you know, a 14-point win. Now, uh, they're playing some good ball. So, uh, they're, like you said, they're well coached. So, I think it's going to be a challenge. But um, we'll see if the Bucks are able to win two straight for the first time since they started the season 2-0. Yeah, and it's funny, too, coming into this game, the Bucks are favored for another week in a row. I, I haven't checked the latest lines, but the last thing I saw is is Bucks minus three. And, um, you know, I think for a lot of betters, what it's going to come down to is people believing in Tom Brady over Geno Smith at the end of the, end of the day. But, James, let me get your take on this Bucks offense this week. And, uh, you know, aside from the effort, what do you think has to change the most heading into this game against German – or, uh, Jesus, heading into this game against Seattle in, <laughs> in Germany? Well, you know, uh, I really think that in terms of the offense, you just got to put your guys in the best position to succeed. Uh, you know, we've seen some struggles with the running back, you know, especially Leonard Fournette. I made a video talking about that on my channel. Uh, maybe it's time to change some things up, see uh, more Rashad White moving forward. In terms of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe even Julio Jones a little bit, just use those guys, accentuate their strengths. And we've seen that a lot with Mike Evans throughout this season, but I feel like we haven't seen it as much with Godwin. And of course, Julio Jones has been hurt. So that's kind of what I want to see more of in, in terms of improvement. I, I think just putting your guys in the best positions to succeed. And I think a lot of that falls into play calling as well as some execution as well. So that's kind of the biggest thing I want to see some improvements on and, and things that they can do to make things better for their offense and also red zone efficiency. I mean, you know, play calling has been an issue. A lot of people have been critical about that execution in the red zone has been a big issue as well. That's going to help out the offense loads. If they start scoring touchdowns instead of settling for field goals, you're going to see a very similar offense to what we've seen in the past couple of seasons in terms of scoring points. So that's kind of what I look for is just better efficiency, better execution, maybe a little bit of better play calling. I know that can be subjective, but uh, especially some better, you know, red zone efficiency, I think is the biggest thing that they need to improve on. I know we had mentioned it briefly on the pod this week, but I want to dive a little more into the report about Leonard Fournette kind of losing his cool on the sidelines last week uh, after being taken out in favor of Rashad White. Now, I know Lenny was back in the game for the, the game-winning drive. He was back out there. And to be honest, I think that may come down to a Tom Brady preference more than anything because if you are Tom Brady, 
who are you going to trust to check the ball down more to? I know that Rashad White is a rookie and he's starting to get more reps, but when the game is on the line and let's say there's a crucial pass block, you know, Rashad White has had his issues with the pass block so far this season. Lenny is more of a sure option picking up the blitz and, and keeping him safe. But what do you guys make of that with, with Leonard Fournette? This is a guy that the Bucks just paid a three-year contract, $7 million a year. That's pretty rich for a running back. And uh, I know the offensive line has a hell of a lot to do with it, but but Lenny has not been the Leonard Fournette that they paid so far this year. Week one, he looked good. And ever since then, you know, with the offensive struggles that they have had, a lot of it has come from the run game. And listen, situational, it's tough for it's tough for Lenny when he's not running the ball at the best moments he can, but it's also on him to pick up a third and one when they put him down. So I know the cops are coming. They're probably coming to get you. I don't know if you guys can hear that. We got the police sirens back behind us. That's beauty of doing the live stream today on location. And uh, that's what happens. That's what we get for letting this guy off a suspension a little early. But um, what do you make of Leonard Fournette and, you know, Rashad White, of all people, having to calm him down? Do you think we do continue to see more of Rashad White in this game plan this week? I know a lot of people want that to happen. And honestly, the last thing you want from an optic optic standpoint is the rookie having to calm down the, the veteran leader who you just paid. Yeah, you know, we've seen this before with Fournette. Um during the 2020 season, they were this close to cutting them. You know, I mean, Bruce Arians flat out said, if you want to be released, you say the word and it's going to happen. Uh, it got to that point. So Fournette's a talented player. I don't think anybody's going to question their his talent, but it's just, it hasn't worked so far. And like Rashad White has looked good. Like he, has he lit the world on fire? No, but like he has looked good and looks like he belongs in the NFL. And I think he has gotten increased snaps, increased reps. And with that, he's taken on that role well. Um, the cops really after me. <laughs> They're, they are not happy about my take here. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, Rashad White in this offense especially tomorrow in tomorrow's game. Uh, I think you could see a lot more of him and who knows what the future holds for Leonard Fournette. He's not obviously not going to get cut or anything, but you'd like to see a little bit of a different attitude out of a guy who, like you said, you know, you just paid um, and a guy who is, you know, he's not a young guy. He's, he's a veteran now. He's, he's been around the block a few times. So you'd like to see a little bit of a better attitude there. And unfortunately too, I mean, for Lenny, you know, I, I don't want to come to conclusions on a player's character because it, you can do that on the offseason. Um, we're, we're focused on winning football games. At least the Buccaneers are right now. But, you know, this was a problem for him in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like, that, that's why they let him go for peanuts because yeah, they was, simply just they, didn't. They, they cut him. Yeah, they didn't want him around anymore. They said, all right, man, if, if your attitude is going to reflect, you know, the, the record of the team, like, it, it shouldn't be that way. It is a team-first mentality. And I think maybe there are some guys in this Buccaneers roster who still have a little bit of, of growing up and uh, some learning to do. But, James, let me get your take on Rashad White and this offense this week. What do you like from him? What do you not like? And uh, do you think we see a little more of him this week? Well, first thing, the case of Rashad White, you know, like I think that he has looked good in certain situations. What I do like from him, from what we've seen, is the patience. You know, it seems like he's having better vision than maybe Leonard Fournette has had so far throughout, uh, you know, certain situations in terms of hitting the hole, being a little bit more patient. You know, we've talked about this before where his his play style kind of reminds me, obviously not one to one, but it kind of like a guy of like maybe a Le'Veon Bell where it's like more patient and uh, uh, 
things along those lines and just kind of uh, utilizing more vision in terms of his running. So that's what I think is a good thing to see out of him. I do think we will see more of him just because, you know, he has been able to show up in certain situations and has looked good in those situations. Um, And I think that that's the right move. You know, I was looking at the stats right here, and I talked about this with Trevor Sikama over on my channel from Pro Football Focus, and we both questioned, like, dude, Fournette, what are you mad about? <laughs> like, you have 121 carries to Rashad White's 38. You have 49 targets to Rashad White's 25. You're playing 65% of the snaps in a game at minimum. 60% maybe at the bare, bare minimum. What are you mad about, my man? You know, it's like, what What do you want? Do you want, like, 100 carries a game? Obviously, I'm joking there. But, like, the, the point being is that, you know, the biggest thing that's stopping Fournette right now from getting more targets and getting more opportunities and carries, whatever it may be, is himself and his overall play. If he plays better, he's probably going to get some more opportunities moving forward. But you also got to remember, especially if you're Fournette, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't realize this, but, dude, it's running back by committee in today's NFL. That's just how it works. I don't care who you are at running back. You're going to have a number two who's going to get some opportunities. You know, you see that with every team around the league, unless you're Derrick Henry or something along those lines. But point being is that, yeah, this happens in the NFL. And it's just a really weird situation. Um, it kind of has me a little bit puzzled just to say, like, what what's he so upset about? You know, but I don't think it's going to change because – they asked Todd Bowles about it, and he said, nope, I like what we have going right now. So, you know, that's that's what, you know, I think is going to happen, is we are going to see more Rashad White. And heck, if Rashad White keeps on doing good and Leonard Fournette continues to struggle a little bit, maybe it does turn into a 50-50 type split. I don't know necessarily know if it would ever turn into like a 60-40 in favor of Rashad White. But, you know, again, like, Fournette definitely needs to I think prove himself a little bit more and certainly make the most of his opportunities. And he still has a lot of those opportunities. So it's definitely a weird situation to find out he was that frustrated with only not getting a couple more touches. Really weird. Our buddy uh, Willie Beeman in the chat brought up a great point here. He says the running back position is a coin flip for me. I don't see anyone consistently breaking for 10 to 20 yard runs this season. Uh, Hopefully things will continue to pick up as the season goes on. He also mentioned they got to continue to run the ball behind Nick Leverett. Run blocking seems like his specialty on film. And and that's the next position I wanted to talk about is this offensive line. I mean, maybe as they get more consistent with Leverett out of that left guard position, For the past two weeks, he's been one of the highest rated players on the offensive side of the ball. So it's safe to say that he is a little bit better at playing that left guard position than uh, Luke Gedeke would have been by this time in the season. But does that bring new life into the run game? I don't know, but uh, I'm hoping they can stay consistent because honestly, you know, while the run blocking hasn't entirely been what we wanted with last week, you know, they kind of gave up on the run later on in the game. Um I think the more consistency they get, it can bring some new life into this offense. And, you know, they've been protecting Tom pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference you're seeing with Gedeke to Leverett um, is the pass blocking. I think the pass protection has been a little bit better. Um, you know, trying to fan yourself uh, from, from – from, evade defenders um but uh yeah i I think leverett has came in and he's done his job now can he do it consistently you know we'll have to wait and see Uh, luke getticke's already out for this game so it's not like there's any debate there it's it's gonna be nick leverett again so uh if he can continue this they have the bye week next week 
uh, you know, they may have to make a decision on who they're going to have moving forward, even when Gedeke's healthy. So um, I do think the offense has looked a little bit better, more specifically in pass protection. Um you know, we talk about Fournette and everything, but to me, you know, it's it's Fournette being productive, but also the offensive line in front of him being productive because not everybody's, you know, if you're being tackled as soon as you get the football, you're not going to do much with it. So I think both of it goes hand in hand and uh, both the offense still isn't playing well enough. I mean, that's we're going to make that clear. Yeah, they, I mean, to be honest, they got to be better on like third down regardless. I mean, run, down, pass. Zone, it don't matter. Yeah, what it is, short yardage situation, whatever it may be. Uh, they have been good enough but the pass protection more specifically has been much better so um you know hopefully they're able to continue to ride the wave Leverett's able to continue his momentum and maybe you know he can turn this into something that could really help this offense down the down the line here you know that was actually one of the biggest criticisms one of the biggest criticisms that i've had for byron lethwich throughout this season was the handling of the left guard position you know i feel like he put luke Gedeke and it's not specifically on Byron Leftwich, of course, but I, I definitely feel like the Bucks, you know, it's pretty clear that Leverett has... Yeah, you know, you put, you put Gedeke in a bad spot whenever, after, as soon as, you know, after week one, you kind of knew what the circumstances were and you didn't make that switch. You stuck with it. It wasn't working and there was just some stubbornness there. And now that we've seen this switch made, like what you said, Evan, almost by necessity... You know, could it be permanent now? Well, you know, I think that that's a pretty positive distinction. I actually wrote about this uh, on Bucks Nation this week where, you know, the X Factor, the guy who maybe needs to step up is Nick Leverett. You know, and if he has a really good game, hey, he, you know, could very well earn himself that starting job the rest of the season. And I think that one thing that we saw that I think was adding a little bit of juice was couple of plays last week's game. Leverett, you know, he had a tough matchup against Aaron Donald. That's tough for anybody. But he's going in. He's finishing the play. He's running around. He's protecting his guys. He's bringing some juice. He's bringing a little bit of fire. I know I saw it on at least one play, maybe two. So that's kind of maybe something you're seeing a little bit different there from a guy and, who's hungry for that opportunity. And realistically, you know, as hindsight's always twenty twenty, how much of a problem was Aaron Donald last week for Tampa Bay? I, I mean... Even though this Rams team has had Tampa Bay's number up until last week, Aaron Donald has never been that much of a threat to Tom Brady. I mean, he's maybe hit him two or three times in the four games that they've played now. Yeah, he had, I think he had the sack on the fourth down, I think. Uh, But other than that, like, it wasn't like he went out there and it was like, you know, completely dominated them every single snap. Right, he wasn't wasn't wrecking the game by any means. Yeah, so which we obviously know he can do. Um, But so, I mean, they they played well enough against him. And, uh, you know, a guy like that, he's going to get his. You just have to limit it. So, uh, yeah, they did a good job. And hopefully, you know, a guy like Leverett can continue up, you know, this play because the longer it happens, the more more consistent he is, the more it's going to help the offense, so. As we talk about some of the tweaks on the offensive side of the ball going forward for this season, we mentioned the running back position with Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. Now, I think we can all agree here that at no point this season is Rashad White going to be your bona fide RB1 barring injury, but we also spoke to the stubbornness of this coaching staff, and I know you guys are sitting here suffering in the sun. Uh, They call it the the sunshine state for a reason down here, but um, we speak to the stubbornness of this coaching staff, and I hate to put it that way, but 
you know, by week 10 in the season, we have come to the conclusion that that is what is happening uh, with certain things. We just talked to uh, talked about Luke Gedeke playing in that left guard spot for as long as he can. I think this week is a big week for Nick Leverett. We talk a lot with Sean King about consistency and guys like that. He's a backup depth, uh, depth piece. Is he going to get exposed this week, making his third start in a row? I don't know. If he doesn't, that's going to go a long way as well. But some of the changes needed on the offensive side of the ball, you know, better running, uh, changing their approach to the run game, maybe a little more Rashad White in certain situations. And we'll talk about some other potential offensive stars that I think need to be in this offense a little more here in the next segment. But, you know, has this coaching staff shown you that they can make these changes if they have to? I mean, you know, moving forward, they only they only made Nick Leverett left guard because of injury. So, like, how much can we trust them to, you know, for example – Maybe play a little more Kate Otten. Maybe not send Julio Jones on a jet sweep ever again. Um, you know, can we count on them to do those things? Well, the interesting thing about the Kate Otten is he's here's a case where a guy, a Cameron Brake goes down with injury, comes back, and then gets injured again. It's unfortunate for Cam, but Kate Otten is making the most of his opportunities, and I haven't really had a chance to comment on it at all, but he was a big reason why they won that football game last week. Might have been like a top two reason maybe him and Jake Camarda you're talking about two rookies there um so I think you know it it helps uh when you have a young guy like that step up I can't see why Cameron Brake would be a tight end one one when he comes back uh I don't know when that's gonna be but I can't see why he, he would to me Kate Otten's earned that job uh we're seeing it maybe a little bit with the running backs here we just talked about Rashad White maybe getting a little bit so like that's some tweaks you're seeing but I just I I don't know because like that's personnel stuff. Uh, as far as organization and play calling and scheme, they haven't really changed a whole lot, and that's the concerning thing. And I'm not sure if this offensive staff. I think they can. I just don't know if they're going to. You talked about the stubbornness, and um, I think that's the bigger issue with the team. Not so much the personnel. I think it's just it's the stubbornness of trying to stick with what works but it hasn't worked. That's, that's the problem. And uh, if they really want to turn this thing around in a big, you know, that win was good, you know, but if they really want to turn this around in a big way, changes are still going to have to be made in just the philosophy of the offense overall. Yeah. I think we talked a lot about the offensive issues. One of those being their ability to score points, I think is, is the biggest problem most people can look at with this box team in 2022. But as we look over at the other side of the football here and continue to wrap up this game preview episode of the cannon fire podcast, this defense, uh, we, we got to give them some praise. Um, I, I know the run defense has been bad, has been historically bad. And that is not the standard that the bucks have set for themselves over the last three years uh, on the defensive side of the ball. But the fact of the matter is, I think this Bucks run defense is a is a victim of a of an offense that can't score any points. You know what I mean? Like when when you are gassed because the Baltimore Ravens have forty minutes at the end of the game in time of possession, like it, it's hard to put all of that onto your defense. And I think so far, you know, statistically, in a lot of categories, they are better than they ever have been, especially during the Tom Brady era. I mean, in pass coverage, I know that they are a top ten unit in the NFL. They are a top five unit in the NFL in sacks. Um, you know, they have actually been getting after the quarterback, which has been an issue with what a lot of people thought were better pass rushes over the last couple of years. They've been getting to the quarterback this year. You know what I mean? Like, I will say we need a takeaway. And I and I think when you're starving for one like they have been, this has got to be the week to do it. But 
even without takeaways, they have been one of the better units in the NFL and they need an offense that, you know, cannot leave them out on the field for 40 minutes a game. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, you talk about the takeaway. I think that's one way they can help the offense, give the offense a short field. Uh, the Bucks have not had a takeaway since the fourth quarter of week four. So we're almost approaching what that was early October. Uh, it's about a month and a half now that they haven't had a turnover. Uh, it's remarkable. It really is. Now, the, the flip side of that is the offense hasn't really turned it over much. So, um, you know, they're they're playing the style of football that's kind of boring. But, uh, you know, the, the defense is getting the job done. We talked about, you know, the, the pass rush, how that would be without a guy like Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I haven't talked about it yet. We didn't even know for sure. We had an idea in the game post game show against Baltimore, but we didn't know for sure. And Shaq Barrett's done for the year. You know, like he's not coming back. So pass rushers are going to have to step up. And on Sunday, it was Vita Vega getting two, Nacho getting one, um, Jannard Avery even getting one, which was really caused by Joe Tronashwinka. Uh, he got the first pressure. Still can't finish. He's going to have to do better at that. But uh, I think this pass rush is going to be a real key on Sunday. Geno Smith's a mobile quarterback. He's a lot more mobile than Matthew Stafford. Uh, he's a lot more mobile than a Kenny Pickett or even a, a P.J. Walker, who they just faced. And I mean, P.J. Walker can run. Uh, he's not quite Lamar Jackson, but when I was watching Geno Smith earlier this year, I was like, man, I don't remember this guy being like this elusive. I, I don't know what Geno Smith this is, but if he played for the Jets, he'd still be on the, on the Jets if he was playing like this, you know, a few years ago. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to be good, and I think, yeah, they're going to have to get a takeaway in this game. It's it's overdue at, at this point. It's starting to get, like, comical that they can't even luck into one, you know? Like, some guys just luck into one, and it's just they haven't even been able to do that. But hopefully the defense, after a strong performance against the Rams, the Rams' offensive unit is not what it used to be. Uh, but Sean McVay's had their number, and it was a positive sign last Sunday that the Rams didn't go out there and, oh, they cured all their their problems, right, against the Bucks defense. So that was a positive sign. Hopefully that can carry over against the Seattle offense that has been on fire. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned the defense and you mentioned him briefly, but I want to talk about Vita Vea, a guy in particular who has really, really stepped up this week. James, you and I were talking about it on the way up here. Big number 50, six and a half sacks on the year, leads the team. In sacks, the Bucks just paid him a fat contract, so they love to see this production. And uh, the fact that he was able to step up the last two, three weeks, in particular with the absence of Akeem Hicks, he looked even better with Big Ninety Six back out there. So, James, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, just this defense kind of stepping up and Vita Vea in particular this year? Yeah, you know, Vita Vea has looked pretty good so far. You know, I know he had a pretty slow start to the year, right? We've talked about that, where he he definitely had a slow start to the season, but he's on a pretty incredible stretch right now where I'm I'm going to be making a whole video talking about that because he's looked great. I mean, he, he really has been able to show up in a lot of big ways. Like you said, six and a half sacks. Evan, you said for a big guy, for a big guy, you know. He, I mean, if, if he hits double-digit sacks before the end of the year, like what more could you have asked from this guy after, you know, dropping the bag on him the way that they did? I mean, there's what? There's how many games they played so far? Nine, right? So there's what? I'm bad at math there's 17 games so i mean he's got a lot more opportunities he's got the bye week coming up but he's got a lot more opportunities and six and a half sacks at this point in the season is really good it's a quiet six and a half though it doesn't feel like he has six and a half sacks yeah yeah he's been better but like it doesn't feel like he's had that amount of sacks so far yeah i mean i i even did research uh yesterday i believe did research surprisingly okay and uh, i think he's third 
for sacks, for defensive tackles right now. He has a, a sack and a half more than Aaron Donald. So just kind of taking and looking at it like that. He's better than Aaron Donald, if you tell me. I mean, I mean you said it, not me. conclusion we can come to after the podcast today, Vita Vea greater than Aaron Donald. Point being, though, is that, you know, Vita Vea is playing some really good football, and it's the best we've seen him look as a pass rusher, I think, in his entire career. And, and if he if this is going to be more of what Vita Vea is for, you know, his career, yeah, let's sign me up. Let's go. But, uh, you know, that... Well, I'll even take the the lack of run defense if you're going to get me close to 10 sacks a year from the interior. So Right. And, you know, like what you said, Rhett, the, the presence of Akeem Hicks is going to certainly help. And this defense has been playing some really good football. You know, I think that in most games this year, whenever we do post-game shows or review shows, whatever it may be, and I, I know I've said it on my channel, you guys have said it on your channel, where it's like the defense... You know, it's always at worst. It's like, yeah, they did okay, you know, in a, in a loss or something along those lines. Like, they've, they've been pretty consistent this year in terms of having at least okay play. And now it seems like, you know, if they are able to get an offense that's complimentary to them, like what you were saying, Rhett, they'd, they'd be one of the top defenses in the league. They already they'd are kind of towards that point. They, they um, would literally be so much better, at least like it regarded around the NFL. Even when casual people talk about top defenses in the NFL, if they had an offense that could score points, the Bucks would have won three more games than they have at this point. Well, and, and you know, Evan, I know you had said, you know, hey, they luck into it. They haven't had a takeaway in a month and a half. You know, that's because, I mean, quite frankly, these, these opposing offenses – don't necessarily have a ton of pressure on them because yeah. the Bucks offense isn't scoring a ton of points to put that pressure on them. Yeah. So maybe that is a factor that plays into it, possibly. But like what you said, Rhett, both of you said, you know, this defense has been playing some really good football, especially guys like Vita Vey who are stepping up, Akeem Hicks. They're getting healthier, you know, which is huge as well. And uh, Carlton Davis was back. Antoine Winfield Jr. is going to be back for this game. He yeah. cleared concussion protocol, so missed the past two games. He's going to be back for this one. Uh, did he miss Carolina or not? I don't remember. No, uh, no. Okay. He, he I thought it happened in Carolina. But, uh, yeah, so he missed the last two games. I mean, this is a really good safety as they're going to be getting back. So, yeah, the defense is getting healthier. Like, you know, finally got Akeem Hicks healthy. Hopefully that can even help Vita Vey even more. The one game with Hicks back in the lineup, Vita Vey had two sacks. So, um, hopefully that helps the entire defensive line. And this defense could be – I'm going to keep harping it, though. Like, they could be special if they could take the ball away. Like, they're going to have to find a way to do it because – like, yeah, you're not going to win every game 16 to 13. Like, there's going to be some offenses that are going to be able to put you away. Like, and when the Bucks offense is struggling like they have, sometimes the remedy is just to give them some short fields. Give them 20, 25 yards to go so they don't have to go 90 yards to score a touchdown. Like, that's that's brutal for an offense that's struggling. So give them a, a momentum shift. You know, and this this defense, that's the one complaint. They've been great. Uh, they got to find a way to force more turnovers so. up. Yeah, as we talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers riding this ship, it's uh, you know big game in Germany headed into the bye week. And to be honest, a, a week ago we were talking about this Bucks team sitting at three and five, looking down the barrel of three and six. They got the win that they needed against LA, and honestly, they probably cleansed some demons with that one. Guys like Tom Brady and you know everyone else who's been on this roster for the past two years at least has wanted to get a win against this Rams team for a very long time. So that's got to feel good. I, I think the effort aspect that we talked about at the start of the podcast. I know that. You know, Tom Brady mentioning it on the podcast was not the first that those guys had heard about their shitty effort uh, on the field so far this season. But we talk about this turnaround. Let's wrap things up on the podcast today with the quarterback himself, Tom Brady. 
10 touchdowns to one interception on the year. Second in the NFL right now. Second in the NFL right now in passing yards. Certainly doesn't feel like it, but let me just reiterate that. Second in the NFL in passing yards right now. So uh, they've been able to move the ball on offense, but the problem, just like we had talked about, is scoring points in the end zone. Does that change this week? I, I think Tom has another great week. Um, I hate to say I think he's starting to feel better, but to be honest, now that, you know, I don't like to acknowledge it on the pod, but now that his business is kind of, it's done, you know what I mean? Officially, he doesn't have to worry. You know, I mean, it's out in the open. He made a statement. He can put that behind him and he can focus on the job that he has to do because he, he, he like, he's Tom Brady. He, he doesn't take it lightly. He doesn't take for granted the season. He doubled down this week. People had asked him if he had regretted coming out of retirement, and he said he absolutely does not. He knows the commitment he made to this team, but, you know, for the turnaround to continue coming into this week, uh, a lot of people think this is going to be a huge game for Tom Brady as he kind of gets his bearings back, if you will. James, what do you think for uh, for TB12 coming into this week? Yeah, you know, I, I remember I was looking this up, and Tom Brady has thrown 398 passes so far this year, which leads the NFL by, I think, like 30. I think the next one's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, one of the two. And uh, it it's incredible, right? Like, he... He, he has the passing attempts, he has the passing yards, but he just doesn't have he doesn't doesn't have the touchdowns right now. And that's something he threw I, the he threw the ball fifty-eight times in that in that uh game against LA. I mean fifty-eight times, James. I, I think I'm pretty sure that's the most passes he has ever thrown uh in a single game in a Bucks uniform. Yeah, I don't know what the record is for most pass attempts in a season, but uh good lord, Tom. He he's on something. So no, like I think the biggest thing, like the yards aren't a problem. The passing attempts aren't the problem. It's just the idea of, again, just scoring. And I know that sounds simple, and it's it's definitely not. It's a lot more complicated than just that. Just score more points. You know, there's a lot that goes into that, of course. But that's been the, the biggest thing there. You know, it's just scoring touchdowns. I think Tom's like 18th right now in terms of passing touchdowns. He's like 40th in terms of passing interceptions, which uh, that, that tells you there, there are backups throwing more interceptions than Tom Brady. So um, it's just the biggest thing right there is just scoring points. So can Tom do it? Of course he can. We've seen it before. Heck, we, we, we know that Tom Brady has still has that magic in him. He did it against the LA Rams um, in that final drive. It's just an idea of putting it together, executing and, just doing what you need to do to score some points, you know, because um, the yardage is there. The attempts are there. Just got to start converting some of those field goals to touchdowns, I think. And, and I feel like there is an opportunity to do that here against the Seahawks team. They do have some young pieces on that defense, but um, I think there is a chance there for Brady to, to really get some work done in terms of uh, rebounding a little bit on offense. Before we get into game picks and officially wrap this thing up, let's go down to the podium for the first time in a while and get some comments from Coach Wanish. Our buddy David Cardona, the moderator holding down, says, uh, you know, Coach Wanish press conference. Coach, I just wanted to relay some things over to you and and continue the topic of Tom Brady, your quarterback coming into this one. Uh, You know, his divorce, it's out there. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody's got their own dirty laundry. And and for Tom, this is a, a pretty public breakup, but now that that is behind him, uh, how do you think he can just continue to improve this team at this point in the year? I think Tom just needs to continue being Tom. You know, we, we, all, we all know Tom. We all love Tom. And uh, every day he comes to work, 
goes in the film room, the practice room. You know, I can, I can, I can see clearly you're one of his biggest everybody, supporters with the the TB12 hat here. Everybody loves Tom. I mean, you know, we're, we're selling Brady merchandise here. We're, you know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he's just got to continue being him. And uh, I mean, he's been that way the entire year. You know, you're looking at a guy, you would think he's in the happiest marriage of his life because this man it comes to work with a smile every day, and uh, we got to go out there and win a football game. He knows that, and uh, he, he's going to do what it takes to win the football game and. Uh, uh, get us back on track here. You love to hear it. All right. Bucks favored by three this week. This is like two months in a row that the, I think the Bucks have been favored in every single game this season, which is incredible. I know they set some records for losing uh, a bunch of games that they were favored in one of the first teams to ever do that in history. But um, as we look at Tampa Bay favored by three this week, James, let me get your game prediction first for Tampa Bay final score from Germany this week. Uh, You know, I, I was not ready for this. I'm gonna. Say, <laughs> that's why. That's why I love putting you on the spot because I knew you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Well, you know, I was, you know, it's fine. You know, I think the Buccaneers will win with a final score of twenty-eight to twenty-four. I think that's be, a that's a lot of offense. You think they figure it out this week? Yeah, it's you a know, lot of points. <laughs> well, you know, hey, it is what it is. It's uh, Guten Tag. It's Germany. You know, maybe some magic happens over there. Maybe you know, it, Seahawks actually haven't had a problem scoring points this year. No. But I, I think had a problem preventing them though. Maybe, maybe it takes an international. Well, see to to, to the point yeah, there. Yeah, hey. <laughs> so I, I I think I think that um yeah they're gonna be able to score some points against Seahawks defense that what they gave up like what was it forty five to the Lions something along those lines a crap ton of points and maybe it takes playing in an international game for them to you maybe know, it takes playing in an international game to get a turnover perhaps 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 perhaps. So we'll Tom, see. Tom Brady also undefeated in his career in international games. The, the Bucks, Bucks have never won. Yeah, the Bucks, the Bucks are not so lucky. So, so something's got to give this week. Uh, it's Evan, be a tie. Yeah, <laughs> just to just to yeah, just to mess everybody's week up. Let me get a let me get a real prediction. Do you think Brady continues his undefeated streak, or you think the Bucks fall to four and six at the bye week, which is also going to go uh, a long way? I mean, I just said that they are going to win, so I don't know what you. want I was me talking to, to Evan. Say. Oh, okay. It's, it's not. It's not always about it's, it's you. It's not the James Hill show. Yeah. Maybe I want it to be. All right. Well, the sun's taking over yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Go, go, go bake in the sun. Go back the Anyways, sun. Uh, before we get completely engulfed by the sun, um, you're the only one wearing sunglasses. You're prepared. Uh, anyways, uh, I, this is a tough one to predict. Like Every single game, I think I've had an idea of how the game's going to go. I just It's tough this year. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like, Seattle... Seattle's still not very talented on paper. Like it shouldn't make sense. Like they, they shouldn't be six and they three. Should, they should. It should be like opposite. They should be three and six. Like I, you know, it, it's difficult. I I think the Bucks are gonna win. Uh, it's gonna be a close game. I think it's gonna be lower scoring than his. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen. The Bucks win. They're gonna squeak one out. I think Ryan Suckup might hit a late field goal. Maybe it's tied at seventeen. Suckup hits a late field goal, give him the lead. The defense holds on. Um, this is a game where you know if the Bucks win, you can kind of well, one if the Bucks win, they'll be 
really sitting pretty in the NFC South because the Falcons lost on Thursday night. So uh, not only did the Bucks win the tiebreaker, they would be up a whole game now. So there would be a big win there. Uh, you know, if you win this game, we looked at after the the Carolina game. I looked at it and said, "Look, you have um, you have three games here: Baltimore, L.A., and then Seattle." I said, "You got to if you want any chance to make the playoffs, you have to win two or three. Now you have a chance to do that. And I think if you win two or three, you can really calm the nerves. So I think they're going to go out and do that. I don't think it's going to be easy. There's going to be some nervous time during this game, but I think they're just going to squeak one out because I, they're, there's no reason for me to believe that they're going to beat Seattle, but also there's no reason for me to believe that Seattle should be six and three. So that's why I'm going to pick the Bucks to win. So it wouldn't surprise me either way. Like if they lose to Seattle, it's not. Oh my God, they lost to the Seahawks. Like Seahawks are six and three. Like, yeah, they, they, they are. They, they, listen, I, I I know I mentioned it at the start of the show, but I think a lot of people can look at the Seahawks and with Pete Carroll having the year that he is, like they're one of the best coach teams in the mm-hmm. NFL right now, and their record is clearly an indication of that. When you got teams like the Giants who are six seven wins into this year with, with Brian Dable, yeah. it's coaching. You know, yeah. what I mean, making making the uh, the best plays with the guys you have available. Like, it, it, it all factors into that. And that's what sort of scares me a little bit, that that might separate. We even saw Mike Tomlin a few weeks ago with Pittsburgh. All those players were down for Pittsburgh's defense, and they still found a way. So I think Seattle's coaching staff has the edge, but I just think that talent-wise, the Bucks have the edge. And uh, Tom Brady's undefeated record in international games will – Surpass the Bucks' losing record in international games, and this is the first ever game in Germany. So the Bucks will be one and zero in Germany. Guten Tag, as they would say, right? Yes, yes. And I want to say this too: like this game could make a okay, Dracula. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. Now I want to say this. Okay, look, this 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 game could make a. That, l- now let me say this. Hold on, this game can make a world. A world of difference for the Bucks. Hey, right? shout out really quick. Sorry to cut you off, but a $5 super chat from our boy Mikey says Seahawks defense is very young. Brady might be able to pick them apart. Clap yeah. it, it up for Mikey. But anyway, no, this, this game can make a world of a difference for the Bucks season, right? This is going to be a war between, between two guys, you know, two high-powered offenses, and there's been two... Many missed opportunities from this offense in past games with Steelers, with the Panthers, and I think they are going to be able to turn it around and going to be able to score some points. James, let me ask you an honest question. How long, how long have you been waiting to do that? <laughs> to do what? You know. Uh, no. You know what you know what All right. Don't worry about it then. All right, well, uh, let me get yeah, let me get my pick out there. Bucks favored by three this week. I don't know what the over under is, so I won't be able to give you that. But um, I got Tampa Bay, and I got both teams scoring twenty plus this week. Believe it or not, but I do have the Buccaneers squeaking by with a field goal win, twenty four to twenty one, my final score. And I think the Bucks go into the bye week five and five. And just like you talked about, James, that's going to go a really really long way. One more two dollar super chat from our boy Mikey. Jared Goff dropped 378 yards and four touchdowns on this defense. Let, let, let's not forget that as well. He's, he's so dedicated to helping us. He dropped money just to help us prove a point. That they, He gave money to say, like, look, like these guys got to see this. And, like, we appreciate you, Mikey. No, yeah. Honestly, I mean, we, we sit here a lot. I, I pick the Bucks to win. There's our picks. Everybody taking Tampa Bay this week. Yeah, that's the least surprising thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
guys, we are we are 300 episodes. Yeah. I mean, 300 and some change. Let's not forget. Like we have had some some unofficial numbered podcasts, but this is this is what we're going to call the big 300. And, and if you've been listening long enough, it's about time that uh that I that I own up to something. Um, I so so a little while ago, uh, I realized that I I made a mistake. Um, at some point, I'm not sure when. I think it was right around episode 157. Uh, one fifty seven. It's a while ago. I, I, I it, it was a while ago, and it, it I, I noticed a uh, a little recently. So I messed up the numbers. So this is like technically three hundred, uh, but it's technically like three hundred one because I I we had uh, we had three, like it's three hundred. It's three hundred. We, we, we had we had like two episode one fifty sevens for a while. So I got to go back and I got to kind of sort that out and fix yeah. it. But ladies and gentlemen, this is unofficially episode three hundred. Um, we started this podcast all the way back in, in late 2016 was like the first form of this podcast. And the fact that that is, you know, six, almost seven years ago now, just, just kind of blows my mind. The growth that we have had, the people who continue to listen to this podcast, just a couple of idiots on here talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We truly do appreciate you guys, guys like, uh, Nestor checking in every week, Willie Beeman, the moderator, holding it down, David Mikey, Cardona, Mikey Joel. V. Tony Baloney, even though we, you know, I haven't had, a, haven't had a whole lot of Tony Baloney this season. I, I, I think Tony Baloney may have jumped ship on us, but regardless, still, we, we still appreciate the support. Though. Still appreciate you guys checking us out. If you are new to the channel, subscribe if you have not for more great Tampa Bay Buccaneers content. But uh, looking to keep this thing trucking for 300 more episodes and maybe beyond. It's been one hell of a ride. It's been crazy um, that we've gotten to this point. Uh, surprised that we, you know, 300 episodes like that just feels like huge and uh couldn't really done it without any of you guys because look if the podcast wasn't really successful we probably wouldn't even gotten to 100 so uh we we thank you all um they you you guys are the reason we reached 300 so uh thank you all for the support and you know we got a lot of exciting things coming you know no matter what the team does win lose or draw you know you guys know that we'll be here no matter what so Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan Wanish over here on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Shout out once again to our uh, honorary third member of the show is what we called him for a long time. And uh, safe to say he is here with us on episode 300. Glad to have you here. James Hill of BucksNation.com. Any uh, final words, my friend? Yeah, I was the third member. Ladies and gentlemen, she- Mr. James Hill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll play him yeah. off. I was the third member until Sean King replaced me. But, you know, it's... it's- yeah, well, it's nothing personal. It's a, you know, that's a... Did, that's yeah, a- did, did you ever play professional quarterback? Or? <laughs> I have, I have a confession to make for me. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you guys for letting me be a part of the thir- uh, third, third hundred. You were the, you were the third, me- you were the third member before before Sean King was the third. Me- this whole thing's falling apart. Here. <laughs> Words Thank are you, the Sean sun- King. The, the sun's been, the sun's been hitting me too much. It's no, a, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Oh, well, actually, that you know, a lot of people might not know this, but that's actually how I got to meet you guys was through you know your guys' podcast and seeing you guys at Bucks training camp, and we've been friends for a handful of years now, and it's fantastic friends. work you guys do. <laughs> friends, <laughs> fantastic work that you guys do here on the podcast, and really happy that you guys were able to get to three hundred. I mean, the growth, you know, the growth that I've seen from you guys has been awesome. So hopefully, there's another three hundred 
you know, down the line. So right, great well, thank work, you guys. guys so much. Thank you to everyone hanging out with us over on youtube.com or listening over on the audio version of the pod. You guys are truly the backbone of this whole thing. If you're, li- if you're listening to the audio though, go check it on YouTube. See, yeah. see, see the, the live stream. You know, it's, we don't get to do this really at all. Right. Yeah. So like the in-person stuff is when we're able to do it, it's pretty special. So, um, and this is what this is the second live show that you've done in the last like three weeks, three, four weeks. Yeah, we, we, so we had the watch party at Barry house, me and James are out there and that was, um, that was a Carolina game. So and what, three weeks ago, you're having another watch party Yeah. after the bye week right? Fresh off the bye week I know to pick the Browns in that game then. <laughs> Because. You son of a bitch. Yeah, so we are looking to avoid going 0-3 at the Cannon Fire Watch Party. Um, if, if the Bucks go 0-3, that's probably going to be the end of the Cannon Fire Watch might Party. Might have to Maybe. sacrifice it for the greater good. Right. I, I think we might have to look at, uh, you know, I know what I have to do. I just don't know if I have the strength to do it kind of thing. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. That should be a lot of fun. November 27th, Berry House Beer Company, beautiful Ebor City. I don't know if James is going to be there. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it might be too big time. Yeah, I know. He made uh, big time us like he tried to last time, but uh, that should be a lot of fun. Shut thank up. you guys again. And listen, thank you both of my co-hosts here, Evan and James, for sweating this thing out with me as we are poolside from we beautiful. Are, we, nobody knows that. Yeah. From an undisclosed location, we are poolside. We can't we, – We there was some discussion about a hot tub podcast. <laughs> there was some discussion. We decided against it because we didn't want to burn, Okay. We ended up burning anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's true. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate all you guys. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot for all the support over the years. And hopefully, just like, you know, Rhett and James said, hopefully here's the you know, 300 more. All right. Let's go get a goddamn snack. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Rather Instagram, and Twitter, Cannon Fire Podcast. Check out Evan, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. Find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You can also find James and his content, Mr. Bucks Nation, on YouTube. One and also, time for the one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did the outros again. Oh, uh, so. yeah. I'm sorry. All right. Last this is but not, great. If you yeah. want the blueberry, I mean, this I mean, is it right here. I mean, go check me out on YouTube, and I write articles for BucksNation.com. Yes, we said this. Sometimes he, sometimes he writes articles. Say for the people in the back. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes he forgets to put in a prediction like he did this week, too. Sometimes. <laughs> Every week. All right. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish and James Hill. We will talk to you guys tomorrow after the game on Sunday. Evan, I don't know if you're going to be on there for that one. We might put you back on suspension. The cops were looking for you today, so uh, that is definitely going to be noted moving forward. But I will definitely be live. James may be there. Can Can we count on you being there? Yeah, maybe. All right, we'll see. Tomorrow, after the game, win, lose, or draw, youtube.com forward slash cannon fire podcast. Thank you guys once again for 300 episodes. Hoping for 300 more. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thanks for watching, and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.